Discover personally how the Word of God can affect a change in your life through the ministry of Apostle E.A. Ajay. Apostle E.A. Ajay is the founder and pastor of Devotional Light Church. He is also the founder of the Jesus the Answer campaign and an author of several best-selling books. Devotional Light Church is a vibrant church with people full of first love for the Lord. Now listen to E.A. Ajay. The title of my sermon is Some of the Things That Touches God's Heart. Many things touch the heart of God. I mean, even husbands and wives, you know, there are things you do that touches your husband's heart. There are things you do that touches your wife's heart. So if you're a husband or you're a wife and you don't know these things, then I feel very sorry for you. Maybe you're in the wrong marriage because you have to know certain things that touches God. Even children, we know certain things that touches our parents' heart, you know. But it's unfortunate nowadays, some of the kids, they have no idea. It's like even though they know, they are thinking, is your right? You know, and, and as they are thinking, is my right as a child, as your child? So certain things, I don't need you. I don't need to do some things to touch your heart for you to give it to me. Is their right? The same way certain Christian think is my right. As long as I'm a Christian, God, you have to bless me. Hey, seriously, you have to bless me. It's like you know, I'm, I'm uh, what's that word? Entitled. entitled. Thank you. My English teacher is here. It's like we feel so entitled. That, you know, certain privileges, we are meant to experience certain blessings. We are meant to experience certain privileges. Why? Why do we think we feel so entitled? Because we are children of God or because God is our father. Yeah, that's fine. There are certain things God will bless you with. There are certain things God will give you. And I believe that those things can be basic. But there's more. There's in-depth. Certain things you do to touch his heart. And that will open certain doors. It will get you closer to God. Some of the things that we also do as children for our parents. It will touch our parents' heart. It will get us closer to our parents. Even when they are doing things. One day, I remember one day I was going shopping. And, and psychologically, I didn't even know that I was doing this. That when I go, when I go shopping, I'm picking things. I was going with my sister-in-law. And I was picking things. And then I saw Nat. I said, oh, Quincy like Nat. Let me buy this for Quincy. Oh, forgive me, other children. But it is what it is. Quincy like Nat. Let me buy this for Quincy. Oh, Quincy likes yogurt. Let me buy this for Quincy. And I've even forgotten. Me, I have five children. I've forgotten about all of them. But the side child... I was thinking about her when I was going shopping. I was, oh, Queen's like this. I bought this for her. I bought this for her. Even though I bought things for her. But her name kept coming. I saw things she liked. Why was I doing that? And then my sister-in-law was like, why are you buying things for her? Have you forgotten the actual? I said, oh, yeah. In fact, I've forgotten. But why? Because there are, Quincy will be there. He, whenever you're there, she'll come. She'll come to you, find out how you're doing. When you're cooking, she'll come. Like, she won't just neglect you like that. But they are, these other children are there home. They are thinking it's their right for you to cook for them, so they don't need to come near you. They don't need to be closer to you. Just imagine. imagine. But someone knows certain buttons to press. So now when I go shopping, I'm thinking of her. You know, hallelujah. I mean, if you have ears, you should listen to this. I'm advising certain people. Hallelujah. So today I want us to look at some of the things that touches God's heart. I want us to tap into it. Let's go deeper with God that by that we will know and we'll have a sweet relationship with him. The first thing I want us to see is obedience. It's one of the main things that God loves. 
And when you obey the word of God, in other words, you're loving God. And there's something in the Bible that says obedience is better than sacrifice. So let's say the word now. First Samuel 15, 22. First Samuel 15, 22. Fifteen twenty-two. Yes. But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. Hallelujah. Amen. So this doesn't even need any explanation. The yes. Bible says to obey is better than sacrifices. There are many things that we do. Many people are doing things for the Lord, but they are not obeying certain word of the Lord. We are not obeying all the things that God is saying. And God has said it here, to obey is better than sacrifice. And Jesus is the perfect example of obedience till death. He's the perfect example that we can find in the Bible, in wherever we go. We, Jesus is the perfect obedience till death. How many people have done that? Like many things that we do, I don't know. But many people also think that when you obey God, is that that's it. But God also rewards obedience. God rewards obedience. And we have seen, there's one example I want us to look at. And that is Abraham obeyed God totally. And by that, God blessed him. So I want us to read something from there, which is Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 to 18. Genesis 15, 22, 15 to 18. Some of my um, quotations are quite long, but they are really nice stories. I want us to read it and see how these people live their lives, how they touch God's life, and it's going to open up our eyes. Hallelujah. Amen. Genesis 22, chapter 15, verse 18. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Hallelujah. We all know the story about Abraham, how he obeyed God. He never held back. God told him, Abraham, go and sacrifice this, your child. Sacrificing one child. How many of us will we say we are going to give up our children? We are going to kill our children. And the moment God told Abraham, remember, he never hesitated. He didn't argue with him. He didn't say, why? You, you promised me. You blessed me with a child. And you have given me this one person, this son. And now you're telling me to give him up. What for? Many people would have argued. God has blessed you with a job and all of a sudden it's coming down. All of a sudden your boss is against you. Everything is just rumbling and you're angry. You're not happy. But you never know what is in it for God. For all you know, maybe God is testing you. And we know that this was like kind of a test. But Abraham never hesitated. He didn't even have a second thought. Not even a moment. Not one, one moment saying, why would you promise me something? For years... We all know what year Abraham had um, his son. For years you promised me this and at last this son has come. Now you're telling me to go and sacrifice this boy. What, what God does that? Who does that? But someone will also say, God has blessed you with thousand and maybe you say God has told you to go and put all that money on the altar. You're thinking, how? You've given me this money. You're telling me to give back this money. Oh no, it's not happening. I heard a man of God say a story that he was desperate for a huge amount of money. He really needed the money for something. 
And then he got that money. He even got more. And the moment he was blessed with that money, he heard a voice in his ear saying, go and put the money on the altar as an offering. <laughs> and then he shake his head. He said, no, this is not the voice of God. <laughs> oh, it can't be the voice of God. And he heard again, go and put the money on the altar as an offering. Say, Satan, get thee behind me. I shake it off. I bind you. I rebuke you. You devil. Why can't God bless me with this man? I've been waiting for this money for so many years. And you just come and tell me that. And he had the third time. Bros, go and put the money down. And you know, the, the, the voice of God is a still soft voice. When God speaks, there is no fear. It is calm. It is gentle. You find peace in God's word. So he knew there was peace in his heart. There was so much peace. So he had no choice. He just knew right there and then that this is the voice of God. Let me put that down. He put that down. And guess what? That day, he didn't go empty-handed. The money he got. Ha! Huh. So how many of us will be able to give God something that he has promised that he has given us and God says give it back to him will we be able to do that many of us cannot but we know Abraham did it and he did it and God blessed him and what did God say he says what I will bless you I swear by myself declares the Lord that because you have done this and have not withheld your son Dora if I tell you to give me Jovi let me cut Jovi's head what will you say you tell me I'm crazy you say pastor don't do that don't do that. Do you know what I'm doing for this baby? The way I love Jovi. I know how much Jovi means to you. But tomorrow, let's go and do suya with Jovi. What do you think? Oh, you see. She doesn't want to sacrifice. Anyway, I'm not God. So it's fine. And God said what? He said, surely bless you and make you descendant as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the sea. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And God indeed did it. So he's obedient, got him a reward. And Jesus says some, there's something that is in Luke chapter 11, verse 28. Let's read something in Luke eleven twenty-eight. Many people think when you obey, it's like you've been told to obey something, but they don't, we don't know that there's blessing in obedience. There is blessing in obedience. Luke eleven twenty-eight. Luke chapter 11, 28. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Hallelujah. Amen. And let's read James 1, 22, 25. It also says something about rewarding in obedience. That we don't even realize how much obedience is necessary. And God says something that if we obey God, it shows how much we also love him. Amen. 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 James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. Five. Amen. Amen. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Mm -hmm. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Wow. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Hallelujah. Amen. So we will be blessed in what we do. What we do, this is connected to the word, obedience to what? The word of God. And if you obey God, you also show, you're showing God that you love him. And that is in John chapter 14, verse 15. Obeying God's word is telling him that you love him. Amen. Yes. It's telling him that you love Amen. him. John 14, 15. Amen. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Keeping the command doesn't mean like reading it, you tear it up and put it in your pocket. That's not what he meant. Keep my commandment means obey it totally. And let's Amen. read First John 5, 1 to 3. Amen. 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 First John chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. Yes. Amen. Amen. Everyone who believes that Jesus, Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Hallelujah. Amen. This is very simple. He said, in fact, this is the love of the love for God. Your love for God is by keeping what? His, His commandments. Command. Hallelujah. Amen. So the next thing I want us to look. So now we know that obedience to God's word is what some of the things that touches God's heart. As Abraham obeyed God's word and it touched God's heart that what? He promised him. And that promise came to pass. That really touched God's heart. What Abraham did, it was amazing. It really touched the heart of God. And by that, God promised him something. And that promise came to pass. The next thing I want us to see is when we, are, we humble ourselves. Humbling ourselves touches the heart Amen. of God. I want us to read something in 2 Kings 22, 19, verse 20. And this is about a king called King Josiah. King Josiah. If I had a boy, I'd have called him Josiah, I'm sure. Mm. I like Josiah. It's a very lovely name. Why are you people looking at me like that? Pardon? Well, I can change it. But <laughs> Ronel is also called Josephine, so oh. I can change it. We have to change the trend. But anyway, sorry, no more. Amen. <laughs> so this king was eight years old when he began to reign. And before him, many kings had come. They had really disobeyed God's word. They've done negative, totally negative to what God told them to do. Oh, and God was really angry really angry and then this guy comes in eight years old to be a king at the age of eight mm. wow somebody say wow wow please can you read it for amen. us amen second kings 22 verse 19 to 20 yes amen amen because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the lord when you heard what i have spoken against this place and its people that they would become a curse and be laid waste and because you tore your robes and wept in my presence, I also have heard you, declares the Lord. Therefore, I will gather you to your ancestors, and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm going to bring on this place. So they took the answer back to the king. Amen. Wow. So the king was there. He was like, let's say, he's a king. He wasn't a priest. But let's say he went into the temple. He got the books from the temple he was reading. He realized, ah. These people have gone totally, they have been very disobedient to God's word. All that God has told them to do, they have not done it. They've brought all the other idols into the temple. There's, there's all kinds of divination stuff going on. He realized that what have we done? The moment he saw that, the Bible said he tore off his clothes. And he humbled himself. And look, look at how God said it. It's so amazing. He said, because you tore your robes and wept in my presence. That shows humility. And when we're from the beginning, it says what? Because your heart was responsive Hallelujah. and you humbled yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, so the king read the books. Let's read it. It's in 2 Kings. 
read from the same 22, 11 to 13. The same 22, 11 to 13. When I read it, I was so, and before I was reading it, so many kings were coming. They were being so disobedient to God. And you, you see, it was God's wrath. I mean, huh? imagine God's wrath when the people were walking, when Moses was walking with them, how God's anger was coming. I'm thinking, oh, goodness, these people, they don't know what they're having. And God wrote, he made them write it down. That I, the things I'll do to these people, they have no idea. It's like he will actually spit them out. These people that he've gone to bring them, to form a nation with them. All of a sudden, look at the miracles, the signs, the wonders, the things that they, God did for them. Walking for 40 years that your clothes are so new. Mm. You're wearing Balenciaga. like you're wearing Balenciaga. And even though you're walking, it's like you're not even walking because Balenciaga for 40 years, I'm sure maybe there will be, a, there will be some scratches, something, you know. But their clothes were never torn. They were so new. It's like they look like they've never, they were literally just been born. And imagine a baby. A baby growing up in their shoes. They, you wear a baby clothes and the baby is just growing up. And the same shoes is not torn. The same clothes are not worn out. All these things they saw, they were even fed with manna. But these people decided, you know, we don't want this God. We want other things. Just, imagine. Dora, please read it for us. Second Kings eleven thirteen. This is what the king did. I want us to just read it and see Amen. how he, he touched him. Second Kings 22, 11 to 13. Mommy, you're welcome. When the king That's heard, my mom. <laughs> when the king heard the words of the book of the law, he tore his robes. Hmm. He gave these orders to Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam son of Shaphan, Akbor son of Micaiah, Shaphan the secretary, and, Is and Asaiah the king's attendant. Go and inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah about what is written in this book that has been found. Great is the Lord's anger that burns against us because those who have gone before us have not obeyed the words of this book. They have not acted in accordance with all that is written in there concerning us. Amen. Amen. So this, this is just amazing. So just guess if he had not read the books of the law, what would have happened to them? There were so many things written. The moment you saw, it's like, wow, we're dead. We're finished. The Bible says just one person humbling himself before God and crying out to God. God heard him. And let's read the same Second Kings 22, 1 to 2. It will tell you how this king was so obedient to God. He was so obedient to God. Even just his obedience. I'm not sure just his obedience alone would have changed God's heart. But the fact that when he read those books, but when he came, he was a good king. He did right in the eyes of God. But the moment he read the books, so if he was obedient throughout and he had not read the books and knew what God was going to do to them and he had left it like that, it would still happen. But well, you're obedient to God, fair enough. But the fact that he humbled himself and cried unto God, God said, you alone, you will not see that. For what? His humbling heart. Please read the same case, 2 Kings 22, 1 to 2. Amen. Second Kings 22, verses 1 to 2. Amen. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. His mother's name was Jedediah, daughter of Adiah. She was from Boscath. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. Wow. Amen. Hallelujah. So, beloved, we know one thing, the second thing, that when we humble ourselves before God, it touches his heart. It's not just obedience. Obedience, just obedience alone is not enough. It is what God requires. 
that obedience is better than sacrifice, but that alone is not enough. If you want to see certain things, if you want certain things to happen in your life, humbling yourself is one of the keys. I hope you're writing the keys down. These are keys. Let's say we are learning, we are learning, we're taking certain keys on how to, to, to win the heart of God. And the next thing I want us to see in the Bible, people who, one person that also was very humble, is Moses. And this is how he dealt with Aaron and Miriam. Miriam was his sister. Yes. And Moses was married to an Egyptian woman. Let's say a black woman. They were not meant to intermarry. But Moses was married to such a... And Miriam and the, the brother... Even though they were Miriam and Aaron, they were prophets. But Moses was a priest. He was God's Amen. spokesperson. And they spoke so ill about Moses that the moment... Moses was not there when they were speaking. It was just the two of them speaking. But they forgotten that our God that sees all. He also hears all. And God heard it. And God said, in fact, call them. Let them come. Moses, call them. Your, your, bra- your sister. Let them come. And God was the one that told Moses the things that they have said behind his back. Please, I don't want to spoil it for you. Numbers 12, 16. Numbers 12, sorry, 1 to 16. Chapter 12. So children... If you also want to tap, even though we're learning to see some of the things that we want to do to touch God's heart, you're also getting keys how to Amen. touch your parents' heart. One, obedience. Total obedience. Amen. It touches your parents' heart. They go all out. They do certain things that they would not have done. And two, being humble. When mm. you're being told what you've done wrong, you don't say, oh, eh, but it's my right, so you have to cook for me. When your mother decides not to cook because you've disrespected her, you're thinking, well, it's my right. You're the mother. You're meant to cook for me. Hey, my brother, my sister, humble yourself. That humility, calm down. Be calming down. That's, <laughs> well, that's what Queen C would say. Amen. Be calming down. Amen. Even me, they tell me, she tells me off, this girl. When I'm angry and I'm talking, she said, Auntie, be calming down. I'm thinking, what the heck? What this girl, why is she telling me? She said, Auntie, be calming down. Ah, I'm angry. Let me voice out my anger. She said, Auntie, you be calming down. Be calming down. Yeah. Wow, God bless them. Amen. So these are keys. The second key is humbleness. And we've seen one from most uh, from Abraham. We're seeing this one from Moses. Please read for us. Amen. Um, Numbers chapter 12, verse 1 to 16. It's quite long, but... Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife, for he had married a Cushite. Has the Lord spoken only through Moses, they asked? And this is Miriam and Aaron speaking among themselves. Mm -hmm. Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. Now Moses was a very humble man. So here, here they were saying, sorry. Yes. They They were thinking, oh, let's say there's five pastors in the church. And then there's one, the main pastor is like the prophet of the church. And God speaks to them and they are thinking, two pastors are meeting. Can you imagine this main pastor? I think he's the only one God speaks. Even me last night, God spoke to me. He was telling me things. He was even telling me that sister in the church, the, the color of the panty she wears to church. Yeah, God tells even her car number, the, the number, her mobile number, even though I don't know her number. So God speaks to me. So this guy, he thinks he's the only one that God speaks. So this was how they were doing so some of us that will have certain meetings out of, you know, church, sit down and say, oh, but what does pastor think today? He's like, he's talking about, is he the only one that God speaks to? Even me, God speaks to me. He speaks to me in my dreams. I always dream and see things. What does he think? Please continue. Amen. <laughs> now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out to the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. 
Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance to the tent and summoned Aaron and Miriam. When the two of them stepped forward, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. That's what God's saying. If there's a prophet, I reveal myself in visions. Like you see it. Mm -hmm. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. You see, my servant Moses is different. Mm-hmm. You think you dream dreams, you see visions. So you think you have all that. Remember, mm-hmm. apostle is different. Keep reading, please. He is faithful in all my house. Mm-hmm. With him I speak face to face. That's right. Clearly yeah. and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Were you not afraid to speak against mm. my servant? Are you not afraid speaking against a man of God or a woman of God or a child of God? You're not afraid. You think you have big mouth. You've heard a story that this man of God has divorced the wife. So you, you, madam, talk all oh, big mouth. You can talk. Hey, are you not afraid? Do you, where were you when God was calling this person? He had to leave his family. Had to leave his wife. Mm. and do God's bidding for him. Were you not afraid? Mm. You think you see visions, you mm. see dreams, so you think you've got it all. This person I speak mm. to, face to face, and mm. imagine you see me, don't you see me? My fine face. Yeah, hey, hey. <laughs> you see, he, she, he sees me. Do you see me? You don't even know my form. Wow. I've spent 40 days, 40 nights with this person. You're not afraid. Hey. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Please continue. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I, I'm even scared now. In fact, I'm shaking. Somebody should calm me down. Thank you. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) The anger of the Lord burned against them and he left them. When the cloud lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. Wow. Amen. It became as white as snow. Aaron turned towards her and saw that she had defiling skin disease. And he said to Moses, Please, my Lord, I ask you, not to hold against us the sin we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb with its flesh half eaten away. So Moses cried out to the Lord, please God heal her. The the Lord replied to Moses, if her father had spit in her face, would she not have been disgraced for seven days? Confine her outside the camp for seven days. After that, she can be brought back. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on until she was brought back. After that, the people of Hazaroth encamped in the desert of Paran. Amen. I'm, think, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm even trying to imagine how Moses will feel, my yeah. sister. Shame. I mean, if you have any issues, come to me. Come and tell me. This woman you're marrying, bros, I mean, she's too dark. I mean, maybe her teeth are too big. I mean, so you can't find anything better. Speak to me. But you sit down somewhere that do you think you're the only one that goes, uh, Auntie, Auntie Denise, you think you're the only one that God speaks to? Forget. God speaks to everybody. Does God not speak to you? Through his word. Don't you dream dreams? Dreaming dreams is God's way of speaking to you. Isn't it? It's true. They were not afraid. Many of us are not afraid. We say things that we're not meant to say. Things that we don't understand. Things that our minds cannot even comprehend. But we have these big mouths that we think we are the only one with great grammars. And they will come with that literature. I did literature. I don't even remember anything. That we did literature. And that we can bring big grammars and come and speak against a servant of God. Or a man of God. Or a child of God. Or even somebody who is not even a child of God. Even someone who is not a Christian. 
You don't even know the cross they are carrying. You have no idea. But when Moses heard this, he, he, the Bible didn't say how he even reacted. He rather even felt sorry. Hey, if you speak against me this bad and I hear it, me, I'll cut you off. I'm sure I'll cut you off. But today I'm learning from Moses. Yes. Today I'm learning from Moses. I don't have to do that. Humility alone. I hum Moses did what humbled himself. He was so humble. He was even pleading for God. Miriam could have died. Because leprosy, it kills. They confine you. You're not even meant to be among humans. Yes. In those days, oh no, leprosy, no. They'll put you in some cave, cave be cry. You will be, oh please, you're there. You, you, you even, they will even forget about you. Oh yes. We'll forget about you. But you see, Moses, this is God telling Moses, look at your people, your siblings. Look at what they are saying about you. Are they not afraid? And how even God said, I'm sure it will be, what are you speaking? You know, something very angry. But Moses was cool, calm, collected. Some of us, hey, what did this say? Why are you speaking to me? We'll come, we'll come with you. Hey, we'll come at you with force. Hey. If you don't know how angry I can be, you speak about me, you see. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But Moses was humble. I mean, that even is, is so amazing. It touches my heart. I'm wondering, are you sure you'll be humble enough, auntie? If I come and say all sorts, you don't know the things I'll say. I'll go and find dictionary and bring all kinds of ill things and say, are you sure you'll be humble enough to forgive me? And even pray for me that God, will, if God heard his prayer for Miriam. If he had not prayed, Miriam would have died. Let's see another one. Another one from Hannah. Hey, my time is up. Uh, we are nowhere. We are just doing the second one. And I've got more than... Wow. Okay, today we'll hurry up. Another one is Hannah. Hannah's humbleness touched God's heart to bless her with the Hallelujah. fruit of the womb. First Samuel 1, 4 to 5. Amen. First Samuel Amen. 1, 4 to 5. 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 4 to 5. Amen. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife, Penina, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, and the Lord had closed her womb. Amen. You see, Elkanah was married to Hannah and the other wife. But the other wife gave Elkanah children. But the man yes. loved Hannah, the barren one, so much. He adored her. Mm. That even the one with lots of children, he's giving goat me to give one goat. But Hannah, he's giving two goats. Hannah doesn't have a child. What is he using? What is she using the two goats for? <laughs> but you see, the love the man had for the girl was so beautiful, even in her barrenness. And because of mm. that, God closed what? Her womb. Jump to the verse 8. Amen. First Samuel chapter 1, verse 8. Her husband Elkanah would say to Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? You see, Hannah was always crying, I need a son, I need a son. But husband was like, forget the son. I love you same way. I'm even giving you double for you alone that you don't even need. You don't even have sons to feed them with, but I'm still giving you double. I love, don't you love me enough to be happy, to be nice, like, you know, to be cool? Jump to the 19 to 20. I'm cutting it short. I don't Amen. want us to. First um, Samuel chapter 1, 19 to 20. Early the next morning, they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah and the Lord remembered her. 
So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel because I asked the Lord for him. So when you read the story before, they went to the temple to pray. Hannah went to pray. And she was so heartbroken. Mm. Even all that was going on, she would have despised the other woman that maybe, oh, you, have, you think you have lots of children. So you're, you know, putting it in my face. Your children are just gallivanting all over me like that, walking up in my compound. But she was very cool, very calm. She went to pray, cried unto the Lord. Now the Bible even says Samuel thought that she was even drunk. But she wasn't drunk. She was crying her heart out to the Lord. You see, because of the kind of love God had for Hannah, God closed her womb. So it was God that closed her womb. It wasn't that she couldn't give birth. She could, but God closed the womb. Why? Because the husband was loving her too much and, you know, not loving the other one as much as Hannah. But Hannah cried. She humbled herself. She would have gone and said, God, why? Why? I've been a good wife. I'm doing all that. I'm, come, I'm even coming with my husband all the way to Jerusalem to even worship you there. I'm doing all this, but why? She could have gone arrogantly because some of us, we go to God arrogantly. The first one, that's what I'm saying, we think is, is our right. Our entitlement. We're entitled to it, so God should give it to me. You know, but she didn't do that. She was so humble. She cried, and the Bible said God did what? God opened her womb, and she had a son. And apart from that, she even had more sons. The first son she dedicated to God. She gave that son to God, and she had more sons. Hallelujah. Let's give God a mighty clap. Now, the last one on humility. I want us to see Jesus, our Savior. He's the perfect example for humility. We've just seen a few weeks ago, two weeks ago. We've just experienced and we've celebrated his humility. How he humbled himself on the cross. He came down to die for us. Let's read it. It's in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. He is the perfect example when it comes to humility. Look at the throne he left. Back Amen. home. I'll say back home in heaven. All the riches, the glory, the power. Mm. This guy had power. Jesus had power. Power to destroy the people that were coming. But the Bible says something that even when he was preaching and he was speaking against them, they wanted to stone him and he did what? He went through the back. Hey, he swept. Our Savior who had power, the Son of God, he swept. Some of us, when God gives a little power, oh, me, I have power. <laughs> then you're coming like, hey, look at something. He thought he had power. Look at what happened to him. He didn't even know that the girl has taken the power off. <laughs> he was so arrogant and so silly that, oh, I still have that power. Not realizing that this girl has taken that power off you. Mm. Imagine. But Jesus was so humble. Please read for us. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. Amen. Who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Yes. Amen. He did not think he knew he was God, but he did not use it to his what? Advantage. Yes. Wow. At all. Yeah. Wow. At all. Wow. Hey. Wow. Go and see certain rich man's wives. Yeah. Hey, in the castle. Look at this woman in the Bible. Esther's overtaker. The one Esther overtook was in it. Thank you. She thought, I'm so beautiful. I'm the woman in the castle. Nobody has got this kind of beauty. Mm. She thought she was the one. Look at how pitiful she was. Mm. Come and dance for your man. You say, no, no, no. I won't come and dance in front of all these people. 
Just imagine. She thought she had power, but she was stripped of that power. Mm. Please continue. Amen. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, hmm. and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wow. Therefore, God exalted him. See, you see the word here. Hallelujah. He was so humble. Even at the last time mm. when they were coming for him. Look mm. at how the people were fighting and they cut one of the soldiers. Yes, mm. he said, no, don't you think I can command an, like my angels the, to That's come right. and fight for me? Mm. He had the power, but yes. he didn't abuse it. Mm -hmm. Please continue. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the wow. name that is above every name. Wow. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. This is a perfect example. Perfect example. No more. I'm not going to add anything more. Let's just learn from here. Even if from, not from Moses. Because Moses didn't really have power. Yes, he saw God, but didn't have the power that God, Jesus had. Um, Hannah, yes, she was humble, but it's not like that. But let's learn from Jesus. He is the perfect example for humility. He had power. He had all the access to the riches, to the gold. He had it, but he didn't use it. He humbled himself. And when you let's read something in First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 6, the Bible says that God favors the humble. So when you think you have power and you can be proud, the Bible says he detests the he fights against the proud. So if you're not humble, you're what? You're proud. Yeah, but the, 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 the humble, he favors them. Yeah, amen. Amen. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 7, amen. 5 to 6. Five to six, amen. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Wow. Amen. Amen. So that's it for the humbleness. What have we learned? Humility helps. Being humble helps. It touches God's eye and there is a reward. We've seen how God rewarded Jesus when he was humble, obedient to the cross, humble even till death. It touched God's heart. Not that, in fact, not that it even touched God rewarded him by giving him what the name above all other names. That's what we've read. Hallelujah. Yes, that's what we read. That's what we read in the Philippians. It says, therefore God exalted, he says, well, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. But if he had used that power to his advantage, I don't think so. Hallelujah. Amen. So the third one we're going to see, sacrifices also touches God. So what's the first? The first one is obedience. The second one is humbleness. So the third one is what? Sacrifice. Touches God's heart. And we've, we've seen it with Abraham. How he sacrifices what? We read that in the first one. Even with obedience, not just being obedient, but he sacrificed without hesitation. He did not hesitate at all. He did not hesitate. We didn't really read much. So I want us to go back to Genesis 22 verse 2 and see how his sacrifice touched God's heart. Amen. 
Genesis 22, verse 2. Genesis chapter 22, verse 2. Then God said, take your son, your only son. Imagine. God didn't say take your son. He said, he even stressed on it. Your only son. <laughs> wow. Amen. Dora, take Jovio. <laughs> your only son. Please continue. Whom you love. Whom you love. Hey. <laughs> wow. Amen. <laughs> Isaac, <laughs> and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain. I will show you. Amen. Wow. Take your son, your only son. Amen. Hey, if all these girls, one of them was a boy, and then God would say, take that boy and go and sacrifice him. Hey, mercy. In fact, this one, I'll go fast in 40 days, 40 nights, and make sure it's really God's word ahead. How many of us would do that? And God didn't just say, oh, take your son, I'll show you. Not just leave it there. At least you'll be wondering, ah, which son are you talking about? Is it the one you just gave me? Or maybe the ones to come. Or maybe there's more coming. But he said, your only son. So meaning that's the only one you're going to have. No other ones are coming. Even to what? The one you love. Wow. Jump to the 10, please. 10 to 12. Amen. Genesis 22, verse 10 to 12. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Wow. Amen. So as we saw in the first one, with the obedience, he, fear, he, he did not hesitate. He didn't question God. He didn't argue. He, nothing. Jump again to the verse 15 to 18. Verse 15 Genesis to 18. 22, 15 to 18. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of, the en of their enemies and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Wow. Amen. So that obedience alone, there was humility there. He was so obedient, he humbled himself, his only son, the one he loved. God said, sacrifice him. He never hesitated. He took the boy exactly where the boy was, lifted up the, the knife or dagger, about to do the thing and then God said wow what a heart what a sacrifice are we willing ready to sacrifice unto the Lord why are you looking at me like that hey. this one is a side eye a serious side eye hey. are we willing to sacrifice many of us are holding so many things we don't want to sacrifice anything to God but we want to receive 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 look at how God blessed him and indeed, we are seeing the blessings of God. How God has blessed him so much from that sacrifice. Would you have sacrificed your son or says, I don't think so. You see? I don't think so. No. But Abraham never, there was not even a second of hesitation. I said, let me go and sacrifice you. No. Beloved, let's learn something from here. We want to touch God's heart. We want to, even though we are obeying him, it is good, but it is not enough. We want a death. 
a depth of certain things from God. We have to touch those buttons, you know, do certain things to win his heart. Amen. Now, I want us to see one sacrifice from Noah. Noah. Many of us, we've not really thought about it. God destroyed everybody. Everything and told Noah, take two. If it's cows, male, female. If it's donkey, male, female. Everything male, female, male, female in the th- and put it in there. And the, what? The rain came. The floods came. After everything, Noah came out. And what did Noah do? The first thing he did was sacrifice. Sacrifice God. He would have said, ah, all these things God has told me to keep. Because when it's over, they will reproduce. Why would I sacrifice? I won't sacrifice. And I don't think he took extra for sacrifice. No, there would not have been any space. You even like watch the movies they've made. There would not have been any space. There would have been no space. Exactly what God told him to do. He did exactly two of each, two of each. But the moment he came out, the first thing he did was what? Sacrifice. It's Genesis 8, 20 to 21. Amen. And God was very pleased. And because of that, God swore that he would never destroy like that before. Amen. Please read it. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to 21. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and taking some of all the clean animals and clean birds, he sacrificed burnt offerings on it. Even the clean ones, the fine ones, the fatted ones. Yes. The clean ones. Amen. He sacrificed. The Lord smelled all the pleasing aroma and said in his heart, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I have done. As long... That's it. Sorry. sorry. Thank you. Amen. Because no one could have said, I don't need to sacrifice. Well, now we're out. Let's just go and do... Let's go and do what? Explore. Let's go and expand. But the first thing that came into his heart was to sacrifice to God. And God was somewhere. He was just chilling there. Okay, let's see what these ones will do. But the first thing he did was sacrifice. And it says what? It was pleasing to God in heaven. And God swore in his heart that never again. Even though still humans have evil in their heart. Even though he knew that Noah and his children, yeah, they'll still have, you know, evil in their heart. They'll still sin. But because of what this guy has done, he will never destroy the earth again with what? Flooding. Hallelujah. Now let's see Solomon. Solomon also sacrificed and he touched God's heart. And because of that, yes. And because of what God asked him, what he wanted. You see how rich Solomon was. If any of us is that rich, oh, we, wouldn't even, we wouldn't even be seeing humans. So rich in our own way. Imagine, the Bible says Solomon was the most wisest person on earth. And he was really rich. First Kings chapter 3. Verse 4 to 5. Amen. First Kings chapter 3, verse 4 to 5. Amen. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream and said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Amen. The man was so rich, he offered sacrifice. And just that sacrifice, thousand, he offered what? A thousand what? Bent offerings on the altar for God. And that alone, God said, ask me, what would you have asked God? Can you tell me? Mm. 
if it was you? you what do you want? You want money? What do you want? Hey, hey, my sister. Hey. Janet, what would you have asked God if it was you? A house. Only that. Hey, ask for that one. Don't worry, I'll buy it for you. I'll buy you a house. And a car. Oh, when we finish, take my car. Uh, off the record. <laughs> uh-huh. What would you have, Rolanda? What would you have asked God? Pardon me? Three A stars. You've got it right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. And just that sacrifice alone, God said, ask whatever you want. In fact, thinking about it, I don't even know what I've asked for. I don't even know what I would have asked for. In fact, I would have asked God that I want to come and be with you. Too much problems in this world. I want to come and be with you. I'm sure by now my kids will be okay. So let me just come and chill there. I, in fact, I would have asked for that. Let's jump now. Let's see what Solomon asked God. Hallelujah. First Kings chapter 3, verse 6 to 14. First Kings chapter 3, 6 to 14. Solomon answered, You have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued this great kindness to him and gave him and even given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for long life or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never have been so that there will never have been anyone like you nor will there ever be Moreover Moreover mm-hmm. I will give you what Even you have more. asked not asked for mm-hmm. both wealth and honor Amen Amen When Hallelujah. you read that God gave him what wealth and, and honor. honor Amen Wow Hallelujah Hallelujah so now we're going to jump to the fourth one. The fourth one is giving willingly. When you give willingly. It's not yes, just giving. Amen. But it's the willingness in your giving. Some of us, we hesitate a bit when we're giving to God. We have to think twice when we're giving even offerings and tithes. I mean, hey, how? Even the tithe alone, God said, is his money. His money. You're the one that went to do the hard work, the nine to five, yeah, well, whatever. But he gave you the strength. He said, the Bible said that God gave us the ability to make wealth. God gives us the strength and the ability to make wealth. Just imagine you're sick. You can't walk. You can't move. You can't do anything. Would you be able to go and make the wealth? No. no. And even that, that one tenth that God is even asking of, is for your own good. We are not meant to even test God. That by that, we have the right, the boldness, the courage to go before God and test him. But the Ten Commandments say we shouldn't test God. Thou shalt not test the Lord your God. But just because of tight, you can test God. So how many of us give and we are not willing? Not willing to give. Maybe you're in a society, you're even in a home, you're not willing to pull your way, do anything. Not that you don't have the resources, you do have it. You have it. 
but you're not willing. And God loves a cheerful giver. That is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 9. God loves a cheerful giver. We're coming with our offerings and our tithes, and we come with our faces like droopy. Who remembers that um, a cartoons? Is it the no the dog, the one with the droop face? Like the face is droopy. Yeah, our faces are so droopy. It's like what, what we are bringing is we can't be bothered. There's no cheerfulness. It's like okay, yeah, it's a ritual thing. But no, 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 no. no. He said, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And the Lord loves a cheerful giver. So you're coming. It's time for tithes and offerings. Okay, we're coming up. <laughs> Meanwhile, the, the, the singer has even rehearsed. Do you know the sweat that has gone in the rehearsal to sing this song? You don't like the song. That's okay. When you get the opportunity, you sing the song that you like. It is fair enough. But please, please, let's enjoy the song. We're coming. Oh, let's come and give our tithes and offerings. It is raining. Hey, 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 hey. You're coming, you're so angry, upset. I don't know. Maybe your wife or your children, or you're not happy. You're in your own car. I mean, demons are coming after you. And so what? You're in the house of God. In the house of God, there's fullness of joy. So just for a second, can't you put your sorrow somewhere? Put it outside. Even witches, when they're going to church, they leave their witchcraft outside. Yes. You, I'll take you to Ghana. And you see proper witches. Some witches come, they'll tell you, yes, I leave my witchcraft. I said, mommy, have you not heard that before? Yes. They leave it outside and they come and they enjoy the service. Even more than us, we think we don't have, we don't have witchcraft. Oh, I think we've even, when they left it, we took it. Yes. We took the witchcraft and we brought it in. We, we let's come and give the offerings and tithes with joy, with laughter. You don't know how to dance. Learn how to dance. Oh, what, you watch me or watch Auntie Denise will always do the break dance. She will be doing that. Thing. Watch her. Do it. You come with the break dance. You know, do the moonwalk. Something. Do it. Come. You know, it, it, it turns the heart of God towards us. God becomes happy. We're here to fellowship. Why come with all these problems? Oh, goodness. Please just read for us. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give the Lord a mighty clap. I hope you're enjoying it. If you're not enjoying that, let me stop and go home. Amen. Oh, Amen. Don't, don't shout to my apostle will come. You think we're having fun. He's here. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let's turn it down. Let's turn it down. Let's turn it down. Amen. Amen. Second Corinthians 9, 6 to 9. Amen. Apostle, you're missing out. Hey! <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 9. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He says, well, remember, do not forget. Mm, 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 mm. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. <laughs> Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Huh. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Amen. 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 As it is written, yes. they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Amen. Amen. God loves a cheerful Amen. giver. From today, let us not come with our faces, our sad faces. With our, I was watching this um, movie 
a few days ago, and there's this woman, she has done lots of Botox on her faces. One that is giving her a smile, she can't even frown, she wants to frown, but she dares not frown, because what she's done, okay. she can't even frown. And she goes home and she's telling her husband, so have you not seen anything new? The husband's like, yeah, whatever. Like The man could not even be brought to look. I said, can you not see any? And the man was like, why are you so cheerful? She's like, the man spoke something very, very ill to her, and she was meant to be angry. And the man said, like, why are you laughing? She said, I'm trying to frown, but my face won't allow me. The botox have done, won't allow me to frown. Imagine somebody has even gone to do a permanent smile on their faces. And you don't want to put permanent smiles on your faces. This place is not for angry and anger. No, 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 no. Let's put our anger outside and come cheerfully. And come and give. Now I'll be watching. Anybody who comes with their offerings and then you're coming droopy like that. I'll say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go back. Back of the line. Come again. Next. So if you see me standing here, it means some police, small police is here. Small police is here. I'm coming to police smiles here. Let's smile. Let's laugh. Let the enemy know that indeed he has nothing on us. For God's got us. Give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. Amen. My time is running, but I have a few more. You see, when you read the Bible in Exodus... I'm going to run through it. The Israelites gave willingly to build the tabernacle. They gave. Where? The Israelites, yes. Let's just read Exodus 35, 4 to 5. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 35, verse 4 to 5. 4 to 5, yeah. Do not light a fire in it. Oh, no, sorry. Exodus 35, 4 to 5. Yeah, Exodus chapter 35, chapters, uh, verses 4, four to, five. to 5. Do not light a fire in any of your dwellings. No, I on. think I've got the wrong one. Unless it's 45? No. Oh, no, it's not. Because my one says, Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what... Yeah. Sister oh, Dora, do you want my glasses? <laughs> okay. 35, 3, 5. Verse 4 to 5. Uh-huh. Thank you. She's with us. I mean, she's enjoying the word. That's Sorry. why. You know, when you're enjoying the word, you're seeing things that you, you know you just drive on. Your eyes are just imagining other things. But we love you same way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Moses said to the whole Israelite community, "This is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, from what you have, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who is willing is to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze." This is when, Amen. sorry, they, yes. they needed to build a tabernacle. So it's like we're building the church Amen. when we, we wanted this place, all the work. So the Lord comes, tells Moses, ask the people to give. And guess what the word is said? Use willingly. Everyone who is willing. And we'll be told, oh, church is doing this. We need this to do. Who is willing to help? Many have the resources, but they will not budge. They will not bother. But today we want to see that willingly, giving willingly, touches the heart of God. And guess what? The people gave. Hey, they gave. Remember, they had gold. When they were leaving Egypt, they, took, they asked the Egyptians to give them the gold. and the, They took lots of things. And they gave. The Bible said they gave so much that Moses had to tell them that enough. Oh, we don't want anymore. Yes. They gave so much just to build the tabernacle. And the tabernacle was built perfectly wow. to perfection that it was so much that 
Moses told them, no, that's enough. Wow. That's enough. Wow. And guess what? After they, they did it, mm-hmm. after they did everything, read, jump to the, the same Exodus 40. Exodus 40, 34 to 35. I'm trying to jump over because of our time. I want us to cover. Amen. Exodus chapter 40, verse 34 to 35. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had settled on it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So look at what they are giving did. They giving to Mm. build the tabernacle after everything was done to perfection. The glory of God filled the whole place. And Moses could not even come in so they are giving brought they are giving to build the house of god look at what it did it brought the glory of god beloved let your giving be a willing giving give willingly don't give hesitating and thinking oh please it's not that bad the house of god also needs to be built let god touch your heart to give willingly to the house of god now, the next one, the, uh, when we read Malachi, also, I don't want us to read because I want us to go quickly. It says, through giving, we can also test God. I've said that before. And even God gave his only son, willingly. God didn't hold back. Read John 3, 16. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. We all know that verse. So one, what, how, many, how many things have we seen now? Four. We've seen obedience. We've seen humbleness. We've seen sacrifice and what? Willing giving. So the next one is some prayers touches God's heart. You want to touch God's heart? Certain prayers. Or you pray. There's all kinds of prayer. You can pray all kinds of prayer. But don't pray like you feel so entitled. You feel you're so entitled. You want to touch God's heart. Let me show you one. The blind Bartimaeus in the Bible. Let's read it. It's in Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 45. The Bible said that he cried. He cried. Jesus was going, walking, gallivanting. Hey, the man was going, and this guy was there, shouting, "Son of David, Son of David!" And they were saying, "Shut up, shut up, shut up! You're making noise. Why are you shouting?" He said, "Leave me, Son of David, Son of David!" Crying out to Jesus when Jesus was going, and they kept telling him to keep quiet. Ah, Roro, keep quiet. Why are you shouting? Keep quiet. You want to speak to Daddy? So what? Keep quiet. And the man kept crying out. Son of David, have mercy. Mm, 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 and Jesus stopped and called unto him. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> Please read Mark chapter 10, verse 46 to 52. Amen. It's quite Mark, long, but. Mark 10, 46 to 52. Then they came to Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was, de- it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout. It's like, let, let's just say, it's like, I've heard that there's serious healing power of God here in devotional life church. Yes. I've heard it too. Someone told me, I've heard that mm. there's power here. Hey, every service, come and see deliverance. Come and see healing. The blind are seeing, the lame are walking. Hey, testimonies, miracles, money appearing in people's pockets. If you hear this, won't you go? I'll go. Yes. Here in, oh, it's here. So if you're not coming, <laughs> you're missing out. Yeah. It is here on Tuesday. You want to see deliverance exactly. and healing. Amen. You'll be there and sleep. You're yeah. missing out. Yeah. It is here. Come. Yeah. And what did right. he do? When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, 
he, that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And that shouting is prayer. Amen. Amen. Yeah, let's continue. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Amen. Wow, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when they were telling him, keep quiet, shut up, shut up, why are you shouting? He said, no, I will shout the more. I will cry out the more to God. Don't give up, don't stop praying. You think you've prayed enough? Huh? You think you've prayed enough? You've prayed enough that, you know, I've prayed for, 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 um, for healing. I've got a broken leg. I've prayed that ah, God is not healing my leg. You think you've prayed enough? No, you haven't. The Bible says he cried the more. The more they were telling him to keep quiet, the more he was crying. The more you're going to the hospital and the doctors are telling you, this is terminal. You can't make it. You have only got one week to live. You've only got two weeks to live. Cry out the more. Do not give up. Son of David, have what? Mercy. Have mercy on him. He never gave up when they were telling him to keep quiet. Even there's too much people. The crowd is too much. So many people are asking for healing. Many people are asking for a house. Hey, when I was praying for a permanent place, every day, the same way you wake up in the morning, I pray, Father, thank you. It is part of my thank you prayers. My house, my permanent house. I was, I never gave up. If you ask Ronel, when we sit down, we are having a family prayer on Saturday. Who has a prayer point? Me. What's your prayer point? Let's pray for the house. That was her prayer for years. Yes, over 10 years. You think you've prayed? No, you haven't prayed. That issue, is it gone? Are you happy? With that issue, whatever you're asking God, are you happy? Is it okay? If it's not okay, don't stop praying. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep shouting. Son of David, have mercy. That sin I'm living in, I can't do it without you. Have mercy. Show me mercy. And he would turn and say, yes, my love. Tell me what you want. You see, he was blind. But Jesus said, what do you want? Many people say, so can you not see that he can't see? Can you not see that he can't see to heal him? You're the healer. You're healing people. Now you're telling him what does he want. Well, some people ask for money. Maybe you could have said, I want money. Just as Janine wants a house, I'm buying her house. And when we finish, uh, uh, Sister Janet, please remind me, the house and the car. Today you're going home with my car, eh? Everybody will walk. <laughs> wow. The next one is Hezekiah's prayer. It touched God's heart. Hezekiah prayed a certain prayer and it touched God's heart. Second Kings chapter 20, verse 1 to 6. Twenty-one to six. Second Kings chapter twenty-one to six. Okay. In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, "This is what the Lord says: Put your house in order, because you are going to die. You will not recover." Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, "Remember, Lord." how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. 
Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David, said. I have heard your prayers and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's say many of us, if we are sick and God says, I'm coming to call you, come back to me. Not that he was, he wasn't a sinner. He wasn't a sinner. If, you, if you're a sinner, it's different. You ask God for more time to repent, isn't it? But you've lived a righteous life. Eh? How nice would it be that it's time for you to go and enjoy a tea in a golden cup away from all these troubles, all these problems. Hey, I'll go. I will even pray this prayer. It's true. But whatever the reason that Hezekiah said, no way, God. Mm, mm, Don't do mm, this mm, to mm, me. Mm. He prayed and it touched God's Amen. heart. But some of us, we think we've prayed and it's enough. No. no, beloved, I want to stir it up in you. It's never enough until you see the answered prayer. Do not give up. Yes, amen. This man lived a righteous life. But he didn't say, I've lived it all. Because I've sat in it. Good food, I've eaten it. Good health, I enjoyed Even though I'm sick, I'm dying. God has told me I should put my house in order. Mm. I'm dying. It's not that when I'm dying, I'm going to hell. No, 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 no. The Bible didn't say that. I don't believe he was going to hell. I'm going to be with the Lord. How oh, you would have gone? I'm sure all of us would have gone. Yeah. Hey, Sister Amma said she would have gone. <laughs> Away from all the problems. But he said no. He cried and what? God heard him. And God gave him more, even more years yes. unto his age. Amen. Amen. So now we're moving on to the set one. Memorial touches God's heart. Yes. Memorial. You know, when we're moving here, we did some of us bought certain things for the church to be a memorial before God. So all those things, it touches the heart of God. So if you haven't got a memorial, please start looking for one. It is the most important thing you can do here on earth. Yes, before you go. It is amazing. You see, when pastor always sees my mom, he's always showing off my mom, saying how my mom, when we're coming, we're, we're the, the church, my mom bought the first. And you, that thing has been a memory. You see how he's always talking about it. So it has been a memorial. So the moment pastor mentions it before the Lord, it's a memorial speaking for you, mommy. It is. Memorial speaks. Let's read something in Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 6. It's about Cornelius. Cornelius. Amen. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 to 6. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Itali Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. One day, at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner whose house is by the sea. When the angel spoke to him, 
Um, when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devout soldier who was one of his attendants. Okay, amen. amen. So here we've seen Cornelius. Everybody would think we've heard, oh, he was a man, he was a devout man. He gave to the poor, he prayed. Many amen. are thinking he was a Christian, but he wasn't a true Christian. So when he yeah. had all those things that he did, became a memorial because of that God granted him was salvation. Right. He was Hallelujah. given salvation. So that alone became a memorial. Yeah. I want us to jump to I'm rushing through it because of time. The next one is Mary, our very own Mary and the alabaster box. box. Mm. You see, when she did that, the Bible says that what she has done is like we'll all be speaking about it. Mm. You know, it has become a memorial. And that's mm. in uh, Mark chapter 14. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 1 to 9. Amen. Amen. Mark chapter 14, verse 1 to 9. Now the Passover and the festival of unleavened bread were only two days away, and the chief priests and the teachers of the law were scheming to arrest Jesus secretly and kill him. But not during the festival, they said, or the people may riot. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar. You see, while he was reclining, like Amen. chilling out, you know. Ah, man, man has eaten, man <laughs> is just chilling with some fresh air, you know. <laughs> a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Very expensive perfume. Amen. Made of nard, pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. Hold and they rebuked there. her harshly. You see, many, many of us, we don't understand certain things. I mean, someone would think the perfume, it might even be worth gold. Because it says that a very expensive perfume. And even when we sell it, we even use it for what other good. But many people don't understand certain You know, when you're doing certain things for God, purposely for God, you know, you alone knows those things. So I believe that certain marks, I believe my mom, my mom, my, my okay, sorry, I said my mom is here, but my, my other mom, my real mom. <laughs> I'm confusing everyone, isn't it? Okay, so my mommy here is my landing mother. I've got my mom, my real mother. Why are you people confused? You people are looking at me in such a way that I can't even talk. Oh, I thought we were chilling out. I thought we were friends. Okay, my biological mother. You see, the literature man says that she said biological mother. Okay. <laughs> so my biological mother, she understands. I never understood this, but she understands these things in such a way that it blows my mind. She tells me when her mom died, she wasn't really bothered about the funeral or what they want to do or what they needed to do. What she was bothered about is that she wanted them to do a memorial in her, in his, her mom's name in church because her mom was a very good church. She would go to church. My, my grandmother, whenever you call, you ask her, how is she? She said, meaning by the grace of um by the holy spirit i am well like because of the holy spirit I'm, she will always say that so my mom was so concerned that a memorial should be done even my dad when my dad died i remember very well she said she did she wasn't bothered about all the controversies that were going on what she was bothered about they had to do something my dad was not living in the village but she was it was so important for her that they do something as a memorial for my dad in the church in his village and she did it. It's so important to her. My mother, even, even she's in America, when we were building, when we were doing this church here, 
She said, hey, I need to give a memorial. Everything she will give her. She understands certain spiritual things. And I'm learning so much from her. So much. And how she gets that understanding, it blows my mind. But she always tells me that never cease to take advantage of these kind of opportunities when they come. When a church is being started and you have the opportunity to make a memorial, don't hesitate. You see, all those things, you're building treasures in heaven. Unless you don't want to go to heaven, you want to go to heaven and you want to live in a break. Even Brixton is now nice. Oh yeah, maybe I'll say maybe don't need part of heaven. Hey, me, I want to live in the Mayfair part of heaven. Hey, yeah. Mayfair part of heaven. And I don't want to drive cow. I want to be driving like jets. No, I don't want cars that will go on. No, no, no. I want to be in the air. So certain things you're doing, you're building a memorial, and it's a memorial before God. And also treasures in heaven. So I've learned that so much from my mother, and I'm glad she never ceases to take advantage of such opportunities. No, no, no. Even if she has to buy a spoon for the church, she will. Because she knows how important it is. What this woman did, many were telling her, why would you waste this oil? The man has eaten, I'm sure Jesus was even using a toothpick. You know, the floss. He's taking the bread out. Eh? When you've enjoyed some nice meat with some bread and he was just inclined. The Bible says he was inclined in the church, chilling out. And you come and you've poured this uh, expensive perfume on his feet. Oh, woman. Ah, you pah. When that money, we could have used it to do uh, how do they call the feeding thing that they do now for people, for the poor, that people will come and take food, the food bank. Yeah. Meanwhile, maybe church needed um, a piano or but you're thinking, oh, let's do, yeah, let's use the money rather for food bank. That one is much important. Certain things <laughs> you can't. I want us to move on quickly. My time, my time, my time, my time. My time is that last one. This is the last. It has to be number seven. Seven is completion. So please spare me ten minutes. Completion. Just ten minutes. The last one is you can touch God's heart through thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And let's just we'll read something from Luke chapter 7, 17, sorry, 17, 11 to 19. This is about the 10 lepers that were healed. The Bible says 10 of them were healed, Amen. but only one came back to give thanks. Amen. Only one came back to give yeah. thanks. Luke chapter 7, verse 1 to 11, sorry, 17, sorry, Luke, Luke 17, 11 oh, to 19. 17. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 17, 11, 11 to 19. 19 yeah. Amen. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Amen. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. 
and he was a Samaritan. He was even a Samaritan. Mm. He was a Samaritan. The Bible says he came back after what Jesus did for him. Yeah. How many of us, God has done something Oof. but we've, we've helped. But the Bible says that we overcame the enemy by the blood of him, by the word of our testimony. Right. So if you want your testimony to be complete, giving testimony alone, I mean, if you want your healing to be complete or your deliverance or your miracle, giving testimony alone makes you overcome the enemy. How many of us have gone back and said, God, thank you. Thank you even yeah. for the air that I breathe in. Thank you for my children. Thank you for even giving me my daily bread. That one person came back and guess what Jesus said? He said, Amen. we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Yes. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? He was a foreigner, but yes. he came back to give praise. Yes. Then he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So in other words, we can say that those nine, they were not well. Even though they were healed, but they were not well. But with this one, his faith made him what? Well. Hallelujah. And David said something. I will enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving. You know, you're already coming, you're thankful, you're happy, you're coming, you're thankful. With that, that alone is a testimony. That alone is an overcoming weapon you have used. And it touches God's heart. If you think he had not come back to thank Jesus, Jesus would have made him well. No. That thanksgiving alone touched Jesus' heart and he said by that you what? You are well. Amen. The last thing I want to say is God's will for us is to what? Give thanks to him in all circumstances. That's our last um, Think we're reading First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Verse 18. So giving thanks to God is what? God's will. You want to know the will of God. Giving thanks to God is God's will for us. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, 18. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Amen. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Beloved, what have we learned today? Today, we've learned amazing things, how we want to touch God's heart, some of the things that we can do to touch God. All these things, they are not all the things. These are just some. This is just a little tip of the iceberg. The first one is what? Obedience. And the second one is what? Humbleness. Humility. And the third one is what? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. And the fourth one is what? Giving willingly. Giving willingly. And the fifth one is what? Certain prayers. Mm-hmm. And the sixth one is what? Memorial. And the seventh one is what? Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. If we have not even had, had anything or heard anything, at least we know the first one Hallelujah. is obedience. Obedience to God is the most important Hallelujah. thing. Let's do this thing to touch God's heart. Let's not feel that we are so entitled Hallelujah. to the love of God or to the blessings of God. We That's can right. also tap and go deeper. You know, married women, married men. We can go deeper. We can use certain keys to get certain things from the men, you know, and certain things from the women. Go deeper. Know what the woman loves. Certain things will touch her heart. Not just, just bland, bland, bland. Yeah, you're married and so what? Okay, fair enough. But you can go deeper. You can get more from the marriage. There's more juice in there. There's more juice. Let's grab it. The opportunity when it comes and creates great things with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Shall we be on our feet just for a second? Pray and thank God for today's word, for what he has given you today. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. We give you all the honor. Thank you for your word this afternoon. Thank you for the understanding in your word. Thank God for his word. Tell him to help you that all these things you've seen, you've known, that may he help you give you the grace to do these things, to be able to touch his heart in the name of Jesus. We 
we believe you have been blessed by the teachings of God's Word. For audio CDs, videos, books, and other information, please visit our website on www.devotionallightchurch.com. God bless you.